David Locke joining us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network on the Sprint Special Guest Line. David, how are you? Are you trying to tell me I think that Kansas walking around with a Spotify playlist of Kelly Clarkson, Amy Winehouse, Whitney Houston, and Pink as his like latest thing he's listening to at all? I somehow don't envision that. Hold on now. I, I don't oh, have, I, I don't have the Spotify. Not, I don't actually, have Actually, it's not far from the truth. But I, I do have uh, I do have a love and respect for each of the names that you just mentioned. But, David, can you really make an argument outside of Whitney Houston as the greatest all-time female vocalist? Well, I mean, I think it's I'm probably yeah, the answer to that question is sure. I could make the argument. I also think your claim is completely legitimate, right? Like, yeah. so there's there's plenty of women that have had that have been probably on par to her. I'm not well enough schooled to necessarily do it, um, but she she was you know she was as special as they came. You uh, you sent out a tweet earlier today listing the defensive ratings of the team that Jazz has played over the last stretch of games. Portland at 23, Clippers at 8, Pistons at 22nd, Bulls at 7, Magic at 5, Pelicans 26. That's an average of number uh, 15. Uh, this offense that Jazz have had over that stretch over some pretty good defensive teams has been really good. What do you, uh, what do you uh, contribute that offensive surge to be? Well, I mean, this is what we projected when the year started. I mean, when when we ran the numbers and put this team together, I think we thought it could be the number one offense in all of the NBA. That's that's what we thought. We had some negative players that no longer are playing, and, and we have some players that have improved a, a tremendous amount so that they're now league average, and, and you have what constructs of a number one offense in the NBA. That's what this team is right now. It's what – when the year started, we – the idea was that Dennis Lindsay and Justin Zanuck had, had built an offense, and I think if you go back and search the archives of utahjazz.com, you can find Justin Zanuck in some interviews basically saying, like, now the question is, like, how good can we be defensively? And, um, and that's still a question, honestly, because I can run those same numbers right now on the defense, and it has, it's a, we haven't played very good offensive teams until last night, and our defense has not been great. So... Um, our offense is unbelievable right now. The next step is going to be tightening up the screws defensively and figuring out how this group can try to be elite defensively. And then they're really, you know, they're rolling right now. They've won 11 of 12. But like, if you go to utahjazz.com, Scotty, and you watch the highlights of Boyan Bogdanovich or watch the utahjazz.com collection of highlights of Joe Ingles, they're just scoring in such different mechanisms and ways and manners. And so that allows you – you can see the versatility that the offense has. And what the coaching staff – did with Boyan last night, I thought was really remarkable. So, David, with that being said, it feels like the usage in closing out games is incredible and, and gives you versatile closeouts. And I was telling Scotty and our starter, I feel so much more confident when Donovan's got the ball and the, the, the seconds are ticking off the clock. And, you know, whether you're trying to burn out the time or you're trying to catch out, uh, catch up, I just feel like this group is a great closing offense. Well, right now we have a great closing player. Like, I'm a, I, I'm all in for the versatility you're talking about. But if I go run the numbers on the final five minutes and um, and who the offense is, and it, it, Donovan is really special. He's 12 of his last 21 in the clutch. Clutch being the final five minutes of a game within five points. Uh, he is. Um, uh, he missed his first 10 three pointers this year uh, in the clutch. He's hit three of his last eight. He is he is really terrific. Now, backing up your point a little bit, there is a versatility, right? Like in the other night, 
in in a clutch situation, they all of a sudden ran a, a Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert pick and roll that led to something. And last night you saw the Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert lob. So it's dive and show with some ability to do other things late in the game, which I guess is very different than what they've had before. But let's not misunderstand the reason the Jazz have won, I think, nine of their last ten clutch games is because – of the fact that Donovan Mitchell has just regularly made plays. Last night he's scuffling, having a tough night. Plays that pull-up jumper with a minute left. Um, they also get the lob to Rudy. Those are those are real-time plays, and, and Quinn Snyder and his coaching staff have done a masterful job of making a lot of subtle offensive adjustments recently to open up opportunities there. You know, I was going back and I was uh, watching some interviews on utahjazz.com, and I thought it was interesting seeing Donovan Mitchell talk a little bit about what uh, Rudy Gobert means to this team and in terms of them celebrating back-to-back Defensive Player of the Years, knowing that an end-of-game situation, he can lock down somebody. And I just want to take it through because, again, you know, hearing the, hearing the call of your game, uh, and and syncing it up with the uh, with the video broadcast uh, all on utahjazz.com. I thought it was really interesting to see it all kind of come together, and I thought you had a great call, but just talk about what you're seeing out there on the court going through those final seconds of that game. Hey, by the way, I want to thank all the uh, Twitter people. Uh, sorry that AT&T Sports had some difficulty last night, but it led a lot of people to sharing what they do with their new uh, – I know a lot of people got smart speakers for Christmas – and so the fact that they're able to uh, sync up the uh, – tell Google uh, – well, I shouldn't say this too loudly or I'll screw everybody else up, but, um, you know, keyword and then uh, listen to 1280 The Zone in Utah. You can get the jazz broadcast and try to sync it up. And, or you can – don't even need – you can go old school. Uh, if you have the league pass, I know through uh, – you can activate the Utah Jazz skill on Alexa and get it. So I want to say, and then some other people mentioned that they were using the Utah Jazz app on their phone to be able to, and then casting it to the Google Mini or Google Home. So thank you to all of them. I, you know, that's not something I have to do, but that's, I actually use the uh, league pass and do it to my Alexa at home for all the other league broadcasts. But thanks so much to all the, the fans who mentioned that uh, and were able to get that, uh, get that done. And I, I would assume if you're on your desktop, you could go to utahjazz.com to get the audio. Uh, as well. Um, you know, Rudy Gobert has basically won two games in the last three games with rim checks on the final play of the game against the elite athletes of the world. Zach Levine, whose dad played football at Utah State, I might add, then yep. Mr. Aggie, um, is, you know, at, even off the ACL, is as good an athlete. They are 6'9". Brandon Ingram stretches, you know, from Baton Rouge to New Orleans and stretched out and Rudy, you know, the, the incredible part of that play is if you go back and, and watch that highlight um, is that you see Rudy Gobert at half Brandon Ingram gets it, Gobert's at half court and is tracking him that's a long way to go for a 7-2 guy to stay in between him and the basket, he backpedals for about two steps, he turns and takes two monster steps to stretch himself out and then he goes sideways at the last three moments to stay with him and be able to not give him the corner. You can talk about the foul or not. I don't know if the league reports out or not. The issue is that he never let him turn the corner. He never let him change planes of his drive. And that is what makes Rudy Gobert uh, so incredible. And if you watch the Zach Levine highlight um, as well, Zach Levine's driving, and Zach Levine, one of the elite athletes in the world, like corkscrewing, twisting, 
throwing it in every direction because he doesn't know what to do because Rudy's up there uh, with him. You know, I, you can go to – I'm sure people can find those highlights. I don't know, Scotty, if you have any ideas where they can get them. But uh, they find those highlights and see those two plays of Rudy and you see, you know, what incredible elite defense is. Find a lot of those highlights up at utahjazz.com as you uh, can see a lot of the uh, great insight and analysis up there uh, as well. But I just thought it was really fun to see uh, that how that whole thing played out and how it came down the stretch. And, you know, Hans and I broke it down a little bit too where, you know, at worst-case scenario, you make it earn, earn them from the free throw line. Uh, but I thought it was, uh, I thought it was a, a solid no-call there too. Hey, I want to talk a little bit about George Niang. Um, and again, I, I, George is George, and but he's shooting the ball really well. His three point percentage is high. I know the sample size isn't isn't great, but I think over the last stretch, I thought I think George has played really well and been a nice help for this team uh, with guys coming off the bench. So I want to can I, I want to share a personal story here if I can. I, I got to leave a little bit of it out just in honor of respect to the the coaches. But like I'm a numbers guy, we all know that, right? And I believe in them. And yeah, I'm probably a numbers guy because of my lack of knowledge of the game, right? So you know, I can understand the numbers, but I don't always understand the intricacies at the highest level of the game. And so, therefore, I'm going to rely on my numbers. And Jordan uh, Yang's plus minus was like brutal earlier this year. Like it was bad. And his plus minus defensively last year was not very good either. Yeah. And and so for him to have this success, like like. So I sent a text message file to one of our coaches during this trip. This was like, all right, how did you know? Like, how did you know that George Niang, as the backup power forward, was going to work? And, like, I had been hearing it kind of all year, like, from some of the guys. Like, you know, if Niang, we can get Niang to the four, he'll be all right. And I'm, like, listening to this, and I'm thinking people are insane. And I got this description from the coach, and I'm just going to, you know, I don't want to, like, Right, so that's in confidence. I just want to go big picture. That just showed me what incredible knowledge these – I mean, it's not surprising, right? They're the greatest in the world at what they do. But their explanation, their description, and what they're seeing was so clear. Like, oh, that makes sense. Now I get it. And it's just such a reminder of what an incredible level our coaches are working at to be able to do it. Now let's give George Niang some credit. Second leading scorer in the history of Iowa State. But play the game, like if you go back to the Houston playoff series, he kind of bumps and he backs and he takes advantage of the isolation one-on-one and flips up. That's his game at Iowa State. He and Buddy Heald, big Monday, you know, Heald with crazy shooting, Niang with crafty footwork, and they're interviewing with Holly Rowe after games and Utah's own Holly Rowe. And, you know, just like he's incredible. And then he goes to the Indiana Pacers, and he's too slow, and he doesn't have a position, and they cut him, and the Jazz – office brilliantly puts him in the G League and then kind of waits till the moment before someone else is going to sign him and gives him a two-way deal and then he just develops he works and works and works and alters his game and as lovable and great as he is and he's just one of the best dudes alive there is a fire inside that belly and man it wasn't a surprise when he had a three in front of the Indiana Pacers bench this year that he turned and said you could have had that you know he's you don't become this great without a lot of fire, even if you're that friendly and that nice. And George Niang has worked and worked and put in the effort, and you know the coaching staff knows 100% he's going to do the right thing at full effort every time. And maybe it's not always going to be great, but it's going to be correct and at full effort. And there was a play floating on the Internet last night and uh, I, that or from the night before where – he bumps out on a post-up and covers uh, uh, Vukovic, 
and is able to hold post defense on Vukovic long enough for then Rudy comes down, the Jazz rotate perfectly, and it's just perfect defense. But that all happens because he did the right thing. If he doesn't do the right thing, which is come from the weak side to bump whoever it was, a smaller player, off of Vukovic, they get a laugh because Vuk had a mismatch. And those are the things that matter, and the coaching staff just saw it, and George is that great a guy. David, can you kind of take us into the situation between Ed Davis in lack of minutes and Tony Bradley getting the moments, uh, the minutes, and and what's gone into that decision? Um, I probably don't know any more than you do, Hands. I apologize on that. Um, I probably should know more, and I don't really. I mean, I think Ed had been scuffling a little bit and just hadn't really matched up with the offense in the same way where he, he – they really brought him in for great offensive rebounding, and we're 27th in the league in offensive rebounding, and that hadn't that hadn't really clicked in yet. Um, you know, I actually think that all of those moves that kind of happened together, the George Yang move, the Jordan Clarkson move, kind of allowed the Tony Bradley thing to come to the forefront. And I think there was just a feeling that Tony's worked hard enough. He's doing great work with assistant coach Vince Lagarza. Uh, you, you know, you can see it every day if, you, if you're at shoot-around afterwards. They're working and working. And Tony's got some unique skills. Like, the, the Jazz knew what they were doing when they drafted Tony Bradley. Um, that he has some unique skills. His hands are, are, are special. His second jump is unique. It's not high, but it's quick. Um, and he's big. And he's learning. And I think right now, knowing that he's going to get this time every night, he can relax a little bit. Um, he's still 21 years old. He's still a little nervous before ball games, like he's still that youthful exuberance, and, and I mean that in a good way. Um, and I think we're seeing him just kind of get into some sort of comfort zone of playing every day in a bigger stage. I, I was reminded that he was 21 years old. Uh, when, after the Orlando game, I saw him, and, and Tony's pretty quiet, but he's pretty delightful. And he had played in front of his family and friends for the first time. He's from a town of about 19,000 people. I think it's called Bartow in Florida. It's pretty small. It's somewhat near Orlando. He went back home uh, before that game and, and had dinner and saw his, you know, his family. And they all then came out. He might have had you know, most of the 19,000 at the Amway Center that night. And so I saw him after the game and just said, hey, what was it like to play in front of family and friends? And you know, there was a youthful beauty to the smile on his face uh, as a young as as he is. Hey, David Locke, uh, joining us, of course, uh, play-by-play voice of the Jazz. David, thanks for joining us, man. We appreciate it, and uh, look forward to catching up again here very soon. Well, that is awesome. I appreciate your time, and uh, thank you very much. Thanks, David. David Locke, right here on ninety-seven five twelve eighty, the zone.